Hello and welcome to the Superfetch Sanctum podcast. My name is Jasper Chalp and I'm joined by Matt Forrest this week. Foz, mate, how are you? How did your side go on the weekend? Not good, mate. My side's just <laughs> fallen by the wayside. We peaked in round seven, it seems, and um, yeah, it's a bit of a mess. So um, the good news is obviously the buys and I feel like I've structured nicely for that Um it's a good opportunity to jump plenty of spaces if you've been sensible and smart with your selections. Um, and I, as far as I am aware, I, I have done that. So I guess we'll see how we go. But I'm, I'm out to about, I think, 3,600 or thereabouts in the rankings, which isn't terrible. It's still still a pretty good spot to be in, especially with uh, more than half the season to go. But um, yeah, it's uh, a far cry from where I was sitting a few weeks ago at 600, 700 and feeling pretty good about myself. A few red arrows in a row for Foz. But as we say every week, the buyers is just a great opportunity for, for these coaches who have planned um, for them to, to start rocking up the rankings. And then after round 14, that's when you kind of figure out where you're going to be finishing at the end of the year if you travel along all right um, to finish off the season. Let's get into some cash cows to start off, Foz. Um, I want to get your thoughts on a couple of these. Firstly, Luke Cleary has been really impressive, I thought, for the dogs. But there are issues probably with... Taylor Drier coming back. I think Hayden Crozier's not far off as well. And I heard in a press conference over the week, Luke Beveridge, and bear in mind, Luke, Luke Cleary's been playing pretty, pretty bloody well. But in two wins, like he's, he's doing well. He said he's been playing okay and Taylor Drier will be um, basically into the squad as soon as he's fit, which is just a test this week. So, you know, you can't go near that, I don't think, regardless of a decent break even to, to start making cash. Um, do you think, Foz? Yeah, I think it's a it's a one to probably avoid. I know, he, I, and he might play this week. He's hoping he doesn't, and he, he takes a couple of weeks off and he comes back after his bye um, just so we can get him. Because obviously he's got, being a bulldog, he's got that round 13 bye. So if you do select him and he does play, then he's still going to miss that round where it seems like everyone's going to be missing a significant portion of, of their players, especially in their forward lines. And I'm sure we'll get to... Um, potential Bulldogs soon is a little segue <laughs> there for you. Um, but yeah, I, I think with with Taylor Dre coming back and you mentioned Crozier not too far away as well, I think that it, the dogs seem to be you know, last one in, first one out sort of mindset. And it does make Cleary's um, job security, despite performing pretty well, um, a, a bit shaky. Um, there aren't too many great rookies and I'm sure we'll talk about Cooper Stevens down at the Cattery as another one who's on the bubble this week um, after his second full game of footy. Um, and he's another one who's, who is once again shaky in terms of that job security, but with Dangerfield missing a couple of weeks due to um, his pre a mid-season conditioning block, as uh, the club <laughs> has decided to put it. Um, he looks like he'll get a, a decent run, um, but it, it, he'll probably be on a wing from, from my sources down at the Cattery. So, yeah, interesting times. I don't think there are too many locked in um, rookies. I think you're probably going to have to take a punt and and hopefully get someone to string three or four games consecutively together before you boot them out for maybe 80 to 100K or it could end up being a loophole option for the rest of the season. So there's definitely things to consider with your uh, the blokes that you're bringing in. So Cooper Stevens, 123K, um, playing uh, on a wing, you reckon. He's got a 65 average right now off his two games, so he's on the bubble with a negative 57 break even. He is mid only, and that won't change after DPPs after this round. Is he a guy that, you know, if you're looking at um, Cleary, uh, maybe even a Joel Jeffrey who's who had a really nice game 
uh, on the weekend against the dogs, but probably doesn't have the role um, that we want for, for scoring potential. Is Cooper Stevens the pick of the lot this week? Uh, and it sort of comes back to your, your buy structure. And I, and I sort of alluded to that with the Cleary comments, but um, Stevens, Jeffrey and Cleary all have that round 13 buy, which makes it really difficult to um, bring in sort of double downgrade or, or even use a boost this round and bring in two of them. Cause it means that you'll miss both of them in a couple of weeks time. And it's as I said before, it, it seems to be the round that everyone's missing players. So um, uh, I would, the, I would caution bringing in two of them. I, I'm going with Cooper Stevens in just because I think with Dangerfield out of the side, even though um, they'll bring in um, Quinton Narkle back in. And, um, you know, there's a couple of other midfielders like Sean Higgins that's hanging around and is getting fit. Um, they, they're they persisting with the youth to an extent. I think Cooper's probably slightly further along in terms of the development um, than what Mitch Nevitt is. Um, but in match simulation yesterday um, at GMHBA Stadium, Stevens was playing on a wing and actually played um, through their drill. Uh, it wasn't sort of high intensity, you know, practice matches, but it was, yeah, a bit of match sim and he, you know, got plenty of the ball out on the wing. So it'd be interesting to see him out in space, um, especially considering he's an inside midfielder. I hope he gets a few center bounces because of Dangerfield's absence in the team, but um, I guess we'll wait and see how his, his role changes there. Um, the one that I'm looking at, and he hasn't performed well in terms of super coach perspective, but he's dual position player. He's got a round 14 buy, which is super handy. And um, he's a Hawk. So I immediately love him. And that's Sam Butler. So uh, hasn't scored well. He kicked a couple of goals last week. And, and Sam Mitchell has shown that he's persisting with these younger Hawks um, you know, for five or six weeks in a row uh, before managing them and then bringing them back. And we've seen that with Connor McDonald and we've seen that with uh, well, we, we were going to see it with Josh Ward before he got concussed and missed a couple of weeks. So um, he's there's definitely a plan in place to keep him in the side for an extended period. And um, Butler having that round 14 by means I'm going to have an extra player on field in round 13, um, which, which makes it a lot more attractive. And, you know, his 40, which he'll probably end up scoring or thereabouts, is going to be better than a, you know, a nothing from someone like a Cleary who plays this week maybe and then is out round 13 and then out from you know then onwards. I think there are a couple guys to look forward to in the future as well, coming into sides, obviously not for the next few weeks, but Ned Long for the Hawks, Foz. Um, he's performing pretty consistently in the VFL and he's just a, he's a unique kind of guy where I think Sam Mitchell will want to get a look at him at some point this season um, as a kind of forward midfield kind of a role. Like Sam Butler's been playing, like Conor McDonald played to start the season as well. Um, and another guy who's, you know, on the lips of all super coaches right now is Elijah Hollands. I'm not sure if he's going to get his opportunity this week. We'll see um, at team selection tonight, but I really like his um, scoring potential plus job security once he does crack the side, because you've got to get games into guys like this. He's, he's mercurial in front of goal and he's, he's exactly what the Gold Coast Suns have needed for a while now, just to kick a winning score to go with their pretty stout defense right now. Uh, speaking of, some rookies coming into um, Supercoach. I want to talk about the mid-season draft a little bit here and some potential names we could see. A couple of guys we've already seen in terms of top-ups for the Eagles. Jake Florenka, I think, could be a really, really good um, addition to the Eagles list. I know they're looking at him with their second pick in the mid-season draft. I think he walks straight into their midfield as it is right now without Shuey and 
oh, without Yo and, and Dom Sheed, who are coming through the VFL now. But I think he would get a fair few games for the Eagles if he gets selected. Um, Declan Mountford as well. I'm not too sure about his potential to be selected in the draft, but he had a pretty impressive top-up game against the Ruse um, when they somehow uh, you know, played about five top-ups and, and nearly beat North Melbourne um, at Marvel Stadium. And then also... Uh, Jai Cully, who will go on the t- first two or three picks. He's playing for the Dandenong Stingrays, um, just tearing it up in the NAB League right now as a 19-year-old. Um, and uh, I think he will be a really good option as a, kind of a forward midfielder, 193 centimetres, um, kicks goals, lays tackles. He's, he's going to have a really well-rounded super coach game. Yeah, I think Jai Cully is probably the one um, out of the younger players to um, probably play straight away. And I imagine it'll go either pick one or pick two. But um, yeah, you're right in terms of Florian because obviously a um, ready-made super coach option and he, he showed some scoring potential um, earlier in the year when he got his chance with the Eagles as that um, COVID top-up player. So exciting to see where he lands and hopefully he gets to a bloke, oh, gets to a club that needs a bloke who's a bit more mature and um, can play right away. In terms of um, other rookies, and obviously we, we've spoken about guys on the bubble and we've spoken about the um, mid-season draft, and I guess we'll probably touch on that a little bit more next week once we know who's going where. Um, but Matty Roberts for the Swans will debut this week. Um, so he's a midfielder. Um, inside mid, uh, slipped in the draft a little bit. I was a bit surprised to see him yeah. uh, getting to the Swans where, where he did. But um, he'll be their second debutant this year after Sheldrick in the opening couple of rounds. So, yeah, exciting to see another rookie come through and um, he'll obviously play uh, this week and and then we'll be on on the bubble in the buy process or in the buy sort of period um, as long as he can hold his spot, obviously. Yeah, that'll be coming out of his round 13 buy. He'll be on the bubble, which is pretty good for super coaches looking to upgrade off that round 14. Uh, it'll be interesting to see what his role is. We know JPK is out for the next, you know, two or three months. Um, so he played a bit on the wing um, and a bit in the middle as well. So if Matty Roberts has that role, it'll be pretty exciting to see his scoring potential. He's a he's a kid out of the Sample Colts who was racking up 40 touches a game, moved up to the league level and, you know, probably was around a 15 and a goal kind of uh, contributor for the Panthers um, on their preliminary final run. So I think that he'll be a pretty good contributor. He's a big body and, and you know, lays hard tackles. And uh, I think you have a pretty good super catch game from the outset. Now let's get on to, I think, a few DPPs because after this round, we're going to be seeing a big change to what our top six forwards will look like at the end of the season and potentially other lines as well. Foz, you have the latest on percentages needed to, to get forward status for a few of these big guys like Bailey Smith, Marcus Bontepelli, and, and even maybe a Max Gorn. Yeah, so there's a couple of blokes who are going to be moving into the forward line, barring any chaos, um, especially down at the, the kennel, um, unless Luke Beveridge, you know, doesn't have these blokes in his side and he, he doesn't want them to, you know, suddenly be in everyone's team. Um, he it, it looks like as long as blokes like Bontepelli and Bailey Smith either don't play or play um, 1% in time in the mid uh, in the forward line, they'll get it. Um it only they only don't get it this round or in, in this allotment in, in round twelve if they both play hundred percent of the time in the midfield. So they're as as confirmed as you're going to get. Um, Bonapelli is currently sitting on thirty nine percent and needs zero point seven percent to get uh, into that, and he'll slot in to become the top. Um, you'd assume one of the top uh, sort of two or three 
forwards in the game. Bailey Smith, his teammate, is also on 39%. Um, he also needs point, I think, it's, I think it's 0.7 for Bailey Smith. I think there's a difference in their percentages just because he spends more time on the ground than Bontempelli. Uh, but he's also pretty much locked in. Um, Gorn is a bit of a longer shot. He needs, um, oh, he's sitting on 39% at the moment. Um, so he looks like he'll need a, more than 50% time in the, uh, I think it's around 70%, 75% apologies, um, time in the forward line this round. And um, he has been spending a bit of time there in the last couple of weeks as he's managing that knee that he says that um, is not causing him any pain, but it's clearly a, a bit of an issue. So whether we see him spend three, I, I would be happy to take the points hit this round and him score a 70 as I own him um, if he gets forward eligibility, but um, I don't think that's really that possible. Rowan Marshall's also a chance, 53% um, he needs this round. Um, obviously with Paddy Ryder in the side, he's a chance, but he's only averaging 88.4% uh, 88.4 points, apologies, um, this season. So he's um, probably not as um, required, I guess, in that forward line and he's not going to be a top six forward. Um, Robbie McComb, just to make uh, it a, a bit easier to move your players around, he's definitely going to get it. He's at 55% at the moment. He's averaging 58.4 points on the season as a rookie. Um, really handy at the moment down at the Dogs. Uh, ben Hobbs, your boy, um, is yes, definitely going to get it as well. So he's spent 70% of the time in the uh, forward line. So he'll get it, also averaging 58, um, but 58.8 points a game instead. Jaden Short, will most likely get it. He's at 32% at the moment and he's getting plenty of center bounces. So he is likely to go to defense for, uh, defense midfield apologies. Um, Darcy Cameron is locked in. Um, we knew that when he started playing in the ruck that he definitely would get it. Connor Rosie will definitely get it um, being a mid forward. Travis Boak is a long shot. He's on 29% at the moment, but he's dropped off substantially in the last few rounds. Sam Walsh is at 27%, which is quite surprising. Um, it is almost impossible for him to get it um, unless he sits at full forward the entire game. Um, maybe at round 18, if we uh, see the big sort of four or five uh, Blues midfielders hanging around a, um, you know, in the midfield and, and playing consistent games together, he might get it as a cheeky one late in the season. Mark Blitzarves is locked in. Uh, for ruck eligibility and that's about it in terms of the name so yeah definitely plenty um, of guys who are going to be moving especially into that forward line um, it would be awesome to see Gorn get forward eligibility as well as Blitzarves so you can swing Blitzarves into the ruck and Gorn forward um, but yeah in terms of the dogs it, it's going to look like it's a um, you know potential Tim English, Marcus Bontepelli, Bailey Smith, um, Tom Liberatore, <laughs> Josh Dunkley, Robbie McComb at F7. It's um it's going to be a bit chaotic for for forward owners or for board yeah, owners. You, apologies. When you look at it, it's, it's literally the top two averaging forwards right now are Tim English and Josh Dunkley. Just down the list, um, Tom Liberatore, Adam Trelaw. You're also going to have Marcus Bontepelli, Bailey Smith in there with Robbie McComb at F7. It's absolutely ridiculous. When you look at the top six forwards, projecting, I think Luke Parker is probably the only one I'd have in that conversation with all these dogs. I mean, Will Brody right now is averaging 105, 126 in his last three. He's been the the start of the season for many super coaches. Um, he looks absolutely amazing in that Dockers midfield. But he's yeah, I'm not too sure if he will continue it the entire season as well. He's coming up against the D's this week, which is a tough matchup. So the forward six is is pretty interesting to look at right now. 
Fingers crossed for Max Gorn. Um, fingers crossed for Ron Marshall as well. I will say Paddy Ryder isn't um, is pretty injury prone. And if Marshall does come back into that ruck full time as a forward, um, I think that's a pretty tempting one to to go to considering his price and scoring potential as as a first choice ruckman. Now we're talking about these DPPs and um, some upgrades for our side coming into the buys. What, what is your, have you set it on a decision to make for this round already? Are you going to be upgrading or are you going to be double downing to, to bring yourself some cash going into the buys? Well, my plan was initially to bring in Bailey Smith, um, save myself 20 grand and, and just cop him, um, cop his round 13 buy because I'd be trading out uh, Matt Rao, who also has a round 13 buy. But um, the fact that he's unwell at the moment and there are question marks over his, you know, not only ability to get on the flight and, and head over, um, but then also his scoring potential being unwell um, in the lead up to this game makes it a bit more con- confusing, concerning. I was going to boost and bring in, um, get rid of Kane Baldwin, who's not playing, and Brady Hoff, who's also not playing. He came on as a sub and scored three, which has um, <laughs> made him a little bit of cash because he was negative two break even, but he's completely killed his uh, cash generation, even though you know the last eight weeks he hasn't played any footy. Um, so I was going to trade those two out and downgrade them both to rookies and then go Rao to Bailey Smith. And I might just hold fire on Rao since he's got the Hawks this week and we typically concede a lot of points in the midfield. Um, and hopefully he can score you know, 80 to 100, not lose too much cash. And then I can coast him through against North Melbourne in round 12 and then get, flick him at the bye. Um, that might be on the cards now. And I just go a double downgrade this week, then no trades next week into... Uh, a boost in round 13, ready to uh, you know, attack all these blokes who are just coming off their bye. Um, but yeah, interesting with Bailey Smith. I don't know if he gets on the plane or not. I guess we'll find out in a few hours uh, as this is being recorded on a Thursday. Um, he was locked into my side last week um, and I was just going to cop him missing round uh, 13. But now he's uh, he's gone and made it a bit, bit more difficult for me. I've got to actually think about my moves this week a little, little bit more. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking at... Uh, I was looking at Baz, but I'm probably going to go um, up to Marcus Bontempelli this round. I think he's going to be a must-have if he does get that forward status, which we all expect. Um, he's averaging 112, and he's been really subpar this year. So, you know, he can go 120-plus for the rest of the season if he gets um, some decent CBAs and his ankle and knee or whatever was going on is all right. I know he had a twisted ankle last week again, um, so hopefully that's all good and he pulls up. Okay, the bont, but I think he's going to be my upgrade target. And then looking ahead, Tim English really appeals. He's going to be playing this week. Um, hopefully he gets a good run at it because he's coming up against no ruck really for the Eagles. Um, and then coming into the buy rounds, he's around 13 buy, which means he's in between Braden Pruce and Max Gorn. So if I could move Sam Hayes at his buy of round 12, shift English in there for the buy rounds, I can have two playing um, Ruckman each round, which is um, a pretty ideal strategy looking at for for my team. Foz, I don't know about yours, but I think just having those three guys cycling in and making sure I have two on ground for each round is um, uh, pretty important coming into these buys. Yeah, it's certainly a good strategy. Um, I think I'll I'll be copying a week with um, you know just one ruck, but um, I, I, the way that my team's structuring now, I think I'll have um, nineteen available in round one, potentially 20. Um, then I'll have 19 available and sorry, did I say round one? Um, round yep. 12, first buy, apologies. 
round 12, first buy. Um, then in the second buy, round 13, I'll have 18 or 19 again. Um, that's as is without any trades being made. Um, and then 22 in round 14 as it stands. So I'm very comfortable with the way my buys are structured at the moment. Um, so missing a ruck isn't too concerning, but every team's very different. And um, if you're able to cycle in players and use it DPP to your advantage, um, then that's you know very handy. Captain, my captain. Oh, captain, my captain. Let's get into a, a bit of O oh, Captain, my captain, Foz. First up, some VC options. Uh, on Friday night, it's a really interesting clash between Sydney and Richmond. And I think Jaden Short could potentially present it as an option. I don't, I don't know how many points the Swans give up to, to defenders, but his role is, is pretty tempting. He had a nice day out against the Dons uh, dream time last week, but coming off a six day break, I'm not too sure if I want to head towards either of those um, two teams. Instead, I'm looking at a bounce back for Lockie Neal on Saturday afternoon against Jelly West. They didn't really tag. I mean, there was no one to tag for West coast to be honest, but they didn't tag last week. Um, first coach, uh, first coaching uh, game for Spike McVeigh, and they didn't go that path. So hopefully they don't do that. Um, anymore because GOS was pretty tough to pick a scorer um, against definitely not a captain in the past when Leon Cameron was at the helm. So I think Lockie Neal's um, potentially going to go big against GOS. And I also like the two demons, Clary and Petrarca against Fremantle in that twilight sp- spot on, um, on Saturday afternoon. I think both of them could have a really good game against Freo. Yeah, I agree. Obviously, watching um, Clary tear it up last week was really nice. And considering I had the captaincy on him all week until I took it off and put it on Lockie Neal, um, <laughs> just hurt just hurt a little bit. But um, yeah, it's certainly, my, my theory is this, and I, I feel like it's a really bad theory, but um, in big games against good teams, Clayton Oliver always seems to be able to go up a notch yeah. and just play really well. Christian yeah. um, Petrarca can go up a notch, doesn't always go up the notch um, against good teams, but he also bullies average to subpar teams. So I think against bad teams, like uh, whether it's a West Coast or a North Melbourne or, you know, Port Adelaide earlier in the season and, you know, teams of that nature, Adelaide's a good example, even though it sort of goes against my initial point. Um, these, the, the Melbourne players seem to just be able to, you know, notch it up, pick up a gear um, and really pump out a really big score against bad teams. Uh, sorry, against good teams. And, and then Petrarca goes big against bad teams while Clayton Oliver doesn't. So um, that was my thought process, taking the captaincy off, off Clayton Oliver. And I apologize, Clary, you, you've been my boy since you were drafted. <laughs> I've had him in my super coach team every week since he was uh, since he made his debut. So yeah, big fan of his. Um, but yeah, Lockie Neal, I'm not too sold on these last couple of performances. He hasn't really gone big. He's definitely due for a, for a massive game. Um, but that's sort of why I'm leaning towards a Clayton Oliver or Christian Petrarca this week um, coming up against Freo. I think that's a massive game for both sides. I know Freo's you know, been on the skids the last couple of weeks, but um, they're certainly a contender this year and Melbourne probably want to prove themselves and say, well, you know, no one can really match us. Um, another one that I actually really like is a real smoky um if you haven't traded him out already, is Stephen Canelio. We saw him last Oof. week. Saw him last week, absolutely towel up um, in Mark McVeigh's first game as uh, head coach. Um, they've come out and publicly said that he's going to be moving back into a full-time midfield position. Uh, and he scored 140 last week. 
But his games against Brisbane is really what um, interests me, I guess. And he didn't play in round uh, in 2021 in round 11, um, but in 2020 he scored 141 against the the Lions, and in 2019 he scored 158. So both of those games he was playing as a midfielder. Obviously, Brisbane's a very different team to what they were, but I think uh, with a new coach, more consistency in that midfield rotation. Uh, signs all point to Stephen Cornelia. Hopefully. Uh, pumping out a big score um, would be, I don't think a, a captaincy option. I think a vice captaincy, if you haven't selected anyone by the time that GWS game rolls around on the first game of Saturday, um, not a bad option. I think I'll be leaning that way for my vice captaincy. Hogs, the VC option is very interesting. I think uh, the Clary point that you made, which I totally agreed with, and it's the reason I didn't captain him last week was, he just didn't perform against the Eagles over the West. He didn't perform against Port Adelaide in that bloodbath at um, Adelaide Oval. So I was like, why, why would he rock up for a Marvel um, afternoon game, 13,000 people against North Melbourne, where they're just going to wipe the floor with them? Why would, he, why would he possibly rock up? And then he went and put 45 touches on our heads. So um, I won't make the same mistake again with Clary. He'll be my BC this week. And then coming in to captaincy, I really like both Bont and McRae against the Eagles. And if Baz does get on the flight, even if he is sick, I think he's a really good option because he likes beating up on the on the weaker teams as well, like on Good Friday when he had his 45-ish touches. Foz. So I think um, all three of those dogs are really good options. Certainly are. There, there are other ones that you can you can go with if you, you know, don't have anyone. And even Tim English in his, his first game back, um, if he plays, will be going up against a, a West Coast Eagles outfit that has no ruck. So... Um, Expect him to, if he's moving around the ground nicely and looks fit, he'll he'll score plenty as well. Beautiful work this week, Foz. That's all the time we have for today on the Supercoach Sanctum podcast. Thank you for joining us this week. We are, of course, a product of the Inner Sanctum. You can follow us on Twitter at SC Sanctum and the same with Instagram where Will Coxon has the best graphics in the business. Foz, thank you so much for joining me and we'll see you next week.